0: Hello and welcome to the very first ever The Science of Footy podcast. You're here with your hosts Liam and Bill, and Bill, our favourite time of year, the AFL trade period, has just come to a close for 2017.
1: Yeah, done for another year. Um, Luckily we've got the AFLW season coming up, keep our minds off it, and then of course the 2018 AFL season to tide us over until the next one. Um, Probably a pretty relatively uneventful period I'd say, compared to a few past ones, Uh, up until the last day and then of course your typical flurry of action.
0: Yeah, it all seems to come to a head on that last day. Um, So everyone listening at home, you and I are both scientists, hence the name the science of footy, but we're probably both even bigger footy nerds than we are regular nerds, so we've come to put together a few podcasts on everything AFL. Um, We probably missed our true calling in life, not following our degrees down the maths and stats lines to do footy stats for champion data or something
1: like that. Yeah, I was thinking about uh, ways to get a, maybe a statistical algorithm to figure out the best trades or something. Uh, something along those lines, I think, would have been nice.
0: Uh, yeah, like, did you see there was that guy um, when Brownlow time was around where he did his PhD on making a statistical formula to figure out who will get the votes in
1: every Brownlow game? <laughs> <You> pr- so <laughs> Probably makes better money than we do.
0: Yeah, I think Crown Beck gave him a job actually, um, wow. writing an article on who, who will win the Brownlow from his algorithm. And they call him Dr. Brownlow because he actually has a PhD in predicting <laughs> who will win the Brownlow. <laughs> what a legend. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, that's a bit off topic. We're here to, here to talk trades this week. So we'll kick it off with one of the bigger movers of uh, trade period, which were Adelaide, um, who ended up bringing in Bryce Gibbs, their, their man after all that time. And they also grabbed Sam Gibson. Uh, The 2018 first pick off the Ds as well as a bunch of pick upgrades and sent out the door Charlie Cameron, Jake Lever, Harrison Wig and a few other picks. So they'll enter the draft with pick 12, 39, 77 and 109. How did you see their trade period?
1: I think they've done pretty well. Um, They got good value for Jake Lever there. Um, Depends how big a loss you consider him. So they reckon that they've got Tom Dewey in the sample. Uh, Great name, by the way. Totally and they reckon yeah. he's yeah he at least had a pretty good year in the Sample, um, racking up the intercept marks. Uh, ironically, uh, he's a Geelong boy, so we'll see what happens down the line there.
0: Yeah, it all does depend on how big a loss you think he is, because their defense is obviously anchored around Talia down there, and they've got a lot of other big bodies, and Lever ended up being that intercept player, so it's whether they have people who can roll into that role. I mean, they got two first picks out of Melbourne, so they took a big risk on Lever too.
1: Yeah, they've done well. I, I think they can cover him. Um, and, yeah, I think they got great value for him.
0: One of the funniest stories that come out of this trade was apparently there was some uh, Adelaide supporter who was down at the Adelaide dump and he took a Snapchat of... He said it was Jake Lever down at the dump throwing away all of his, like, Adelaide Crows stuff just into the tip. Do you see that?
1: Yeah, I've, I've seen it. Um, I'm not really too sure that that's real or fake, but uh, it's pretty funny regardless.
0: And then... Uh, uh, Hugh Greenwood jumped in on the action. He was down at the tip like the next week for some reason. Well, I don't know why. Maybe he just hangs out da- down there or something.
1: He seems like the time. But, um...
0: <laughs> but yeah, then he took a Snapchat of the dump and like drew Jake Lee room with like, <laughs> you can draw on
1: the Snapchat
0: screen. It was like, oh, we miss you so much. And just like, put fuel on that fire.
1: That's great. Um, so another one they might be missing is Charlie Cameron. Um, traded out for pick 12.
0: Headed over to your uh, Marty lions.
1: Yeah, that's it. Great get.
0: Yeah, do you think it's too high? I mean, there was the talk around whether it would be 19 or 18 and ended up getting in for the pick 12.
1: Yeah, so I was expecting a, probably the pick 18 myself. Um, obviously, the club you know, decides what they think is worth and, that, and they thought he was worth uh, parting for pick 12. But uh, yeah, they, they seem to have got squeezed for a bit there for value at the end. Maybe panicked a little bit.
0: yeah. You pay for good players, I guess, and Charlie Cameron is that. He kicked those, what, four or five five goals, was it, in that preliminary final? Five goals in the prelim. Do you you think that had an effect on uh, his trade value? Everyone always talks up the last game of a player.
1: Yeah, it probably did. Um, I imagine the club would have known what they were willing to part with anyway, but, you know, it definitely didn't hurt. Um, Had a pretty quiet season before that, relatively quiet season.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. But I think it'll be a good gap for you. He's got... He's got pace to burn and a lot of skill and when he gets the ball he surges the team forward which is which is what you want out of a player like him.
1: Yeah, looking forward to watching him play.
0: I guess the other big name to come out of the uh, Adelaide was that they finally were able to draw Bryce Gibbs out of Carlton.
1: Yeah, that one's huge I think.
0: Gibbs had a really great year this year. He what, averaged 27 touches, 5 marks, 6 tackles and a goal a game. That's elite mid-status that they can bring into a midfield that sort of grew a lot this year with both Crouch brothers coming in to help Sloan out.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, just depends, I guess, whether you think he's the missing puzzle to a puzzle piece to a premiership. And uh, I think he could be.
0: It's hard to say, but when you look at the overall picture of what Adelaide was able to do, they sent Lever and Cameron out the door, but were able to bring in a player of Gibbs's calibre as well as extra picks, so I think they come out of this um, pretty well.
1: Yeah, and strengthen their draft hand for 2018, where there's a few highly rated South Australian boys, so that's going to be important down the line.
0: Yeah, so I think for a trade period where you're having some best 22 players leave, I was really uh, happy for Adelaide to see them go in and get a player like Gibbs, and um, not end that trade period losing a couple of players for next year.
1: Yeah, I think they've done well.
0: So move along to Brisbane now. Maybe your mighty Lions, who saw uh, Charlie Cameron and Luke Hodge come into the team, um, but were lost a couple of players in Shacky and Rockcliffe, and uh, an early second round pick there as well.
1: Yeah, a bit of a strange one, probably. Uh... I imagine the club was probably expecting to get pick uh, 18 19 for Tom Rockcliffe, but a bit of a disappointing result for the fans when pick two would have been potentially on the table.
0: It's the compensation issue all the time, isn't it? Where I know personally I would have said that um, 18 19 was a bit low of a midfielder of Rockcliffe's calibre. You would have been hoping for something a bit higher.
1: Probably need a few more bands in there. I mean, they have, with the current setup, they have no choice uh, that's in between your, your picks two and your pick 19. So something in in the pick 10 range, perhaps after the finalists, would have been more suitable?
0: Yeah, I think so. Um, to see a player like Rocky go out the door and pick 18 come in, it's not ideal, but when the player wants to leave, I guess you, you take what happens.
1: Club didn't seem too bothered by it either. Um, pretty insistent on, on not offering the fourth year, and obviously at the end of last year, um, he was up for grabs and, and no real takers, so it um, seemed like a bit of a mutual decision there.
0: And it was interesting to see that um, Rocky's heading over to his old friend Jared Polek, who he gave a bit of a bit of a kick to on the way out when he decided to leave. There was Pierce Hanley and him calling him a mama's boy and um, sort of paying him out a bit for heading out of the Lions, and now he ends up in the same spot.
1: Not only uh, Jared Pollock, but his old coach, Michael, coach Michael Voss, um, who apparently oh, yeah, yeah, Vossie yeah, Rockcliffe was somewhat influential in in seeing uh, Vossie out the door, so. Could be a few awkward conversations there.
0: <laughs> Interesting times ahead. Um, Shaki out the door is another one that um, you probably would have wanted to get a little bit more, but circumstances around his um, current situation um, meant that you probably didn't get as much for him as he might have been
1: worth. Yeah, so a bit of an unfortunate situation, I think, there with Josh. Um, end of the day, not much he could do and that the club sort of moved him on uh, for compassionate reasons, I think. Yeah,
0: you never like to see players who are probably in a bit of a fragile mental state and actually having that homesickness rather than, you know, everyone saying that they've got the homesickness and they're just leaving for money or a change of places. It seemed like he was um, struggling to get out in the pitch and play footy.
1: Yeah, it doesn't seem like any hard feelings on on the club's behalf or on on Josh's behalf there. So just an unfortunate situation, I think. Um, Did bring in Hodge for leadership.
0: Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see when you're losing a player like Rockcliffe um, to get a player of uh, Hodges' leadership and caliber into the uh, team will always be good, especially around the locker room, probably even more than on the field.
1: Yeah, so the talk is like sort of as an acting coach on the field, uh, maybe playing about 15 games next year, I think that they have penciled him in for in an ideal scenario.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see him running around in a different jersey, it always is. Mm. the whole same with Mitchell last year, um, it'll be quite interesting for and supporters.
1: The other um, positive moving into 2018 is uh, the return of Mitch Robinson and Alan Christensen from injury, so potentially acting as sort of new recruits there, even though they're obviously already on the list.
0: Yeah, it's always forgotten those players who missed the whole whole season. Um, it'll be interesting to see our players like Bundy come back. He's missed a year and a half straight of footy, I think, and um, sort of games on and off a bit before that. So we'll see how those players come back into the team. Um, yeah, they could give you a real boost.
1: Overall, probably not the best trade period that we've ever had, but uh, still going to the draft with picks 1, 15, and 18, and then looking to pick up Ballenden with some later picks, ideally. So
0: Yeah, I mean, always having... Having pick one is always going to leave you in a great draft position and um, having Ballon coming through, looks like he'll be a promising tool. Um Yeah, we'll see what happens come, come draft night.
1: Moving on to Carlton. Um, they, they got in Matthew Kennedy, Darcy Lang and Matthew Lobb as a backup Ruckman, as well as a few picks there. Pick 10, 30, 73 and a few 2018 second rounders. And they've lost Bryce Gibbs. A few later picks starting at 40, and moving outwards, and a few late 2018 picks, and moving into the draft with picks 3, 10, 30, and 73. How do you see them, Lee?
0: Yeah, Carlton had a very interesting trade period, really. Losing Gibbs, well, he's one of their best players, so in terms of a best 22 standpoint, um, you don't like to see that, but they got, they got picks in for him, so they'll be heading in with strong draft hands. Um, uh, Kennedy is a very good player who can sort of fill that young midfield role that um, will be left um, with Bryce Gibbs leaving. I think pick 28 was a decent trade for him. I think Carlton got good value there. And um, in terms of a young player who can sort of turn into that sort of uh, in-and-under in midfielder, I think he'll be a good get for long.
1: Yeah, I think the same could be said for Darcy Lang. Um, pretty good value there. I mean, only it worked out to about, I think, about a fourth rounder for Darcy Lang, and he's a good promising Young mid, I think, former first rounder himself, so that's a good result too.
0: Yeah, yeah. Lang's got a bit of toe. He just a, sort of didn't seem to fit into the team down there at Geelong um, and got moved along, so we'll see. Carlton sort of has been a hit-and-miss sort of place with those young players, especially the ones that I've brought in from DWS, so I don't know, we'll, wait. we'll wait and see how he fits into their structure.
1: be interesting to see how many former GWS players lining up in their first 22 next year.
0: <laughs> yeah, they've got a few coming over now. Um, I think they're tall, so the ones that you should watch out for, your Marchbanks and um, Plowmans, I think they'll be the ones who will develop a bit more come the next few years.
1: Definitely building a pretty solid back line there at Carlton, those two that you mentioned, and also uh, Weidering.
0: Yeah, yeah, times are pretty good for them. The Lob one's very interesting, um, sort of hasn't played any games pretty much for the last two years. Got sent over from Port Adelaide, and everyone knew that he was on a pretty um, hefty dollar contract. Um, send him over for pick 95. It's a bit of a salary dump there.
1: Yeah, it seems like a pure salary dump almost. Um, obviously, you know, no return for port in the draft picks situation and uh, just getting the salary off their books.
0: Um, and lot will sort of just act as that back up to Cruiser because he's going to be first rock. He had an amazing year, finally had a good run with injuries, and uh, he pretty much hit career highs across the board when you look at touches, marks, hit-outs, tackles, everything across the board. He had a, a really fantastic year.
1: Yeah, he's done well. Um, sort of segueing in here, club that didn't do so well, perhaps, is Collingwood. Um, they had a, a really inactive uh, trade period for a team where your coach is in a bit of strife.
0: Yeah, quiet.
1: Um, so they brought in Sam Murray and a 2018 third-rounder, and they sent out a 2018 second-rounder.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was one of those really weird trade periods from Collingwood. Um, Sam Murray was a name that no one had ever heard of, some rookie off Sydney's list. Uh, From what I've heard of him, he was a small forward that um, was moved into one of those um, speedy, dashing defenders. Um, There's an obvious hole there in Collingwood's list. They've just delisted um, Oxley, and they've had a, a few other players sort of go down with injury or be out of form in that position and they could use that sort of running half back but to send away a second round pick um, for next year for a player who's coming off the rookie list was yeah a bit odd.
1: It, definitely a bit odd especially when you consider that if uh, if Collingwood finish in the lower half of the ladder again that pick could be in the early 20s in in quite a strong draft supposedly so could be quite the price to pay.
0: Yeah I'll be following him very closely to see how he if he, if he plays next year or sort of how he looks because, yeah, they've obviously targeted him from way out and we'll just have to wait and see if he can turn into a player because they've paid a price for him.
1: The other thing they've done is delisted a few of their key position defenders. Um, it's not not leaving a lot on the list.
0: Yeah, Lockie Keith and uh, Shade as well. I thought Shade looked okay at different times. Um, when he got games, but um, both those boys uh, sent out the door, and I'm not too sure if they'll um, be picked up either.
1: Um, so does so? It's not trade-related, but it does sort of bring the question as to how long you think Bucks has got. Um, could be off to a bad start next year. It's Sort of a tough draw in the first couple of rounds.
0: Yeah, they've got a few teams um, at the start of next year, which I reckon will be pretty tough games. They open up against Hawthorne, and if that one goes down, they've got... The Crows and I think the Tigs early on. And yeah, it'll be interesting. They've just backed uh, Bucks in with sort of that, um, you know, model that everyone saw with Hardwick at the Tigers where everyone wanted him gone, but they sort of stuck with him. And Collingwood's doing the same thing with Bucks. But if they don't get some wins on the board early, um, yeah, I'm not too sure how long he will last.
1: It's an interesting comparison because Hardwick had taken the Tigers to the finals several times, um, not not getting any wins there, but at least made the final several times, whereas Buckley hasn't had that success. So they've, they've gone all in, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, I mean, Buckley's the scenario where he took over from pretty much a premiership side and has probably brought them down the ladder every year to see it low. They've got a great midfield, but just uh, their forward line and their general spine is just leaves something to be desired. I think for next year, if Collingwood can sort of have a run with injuries where <laughs> Jamie Elliott and Fasolo and Ben Reed all line up in that forward line. It's a very different team. I'll
1: well, we'll move on to uh, Essendon, who may be the trade week winners. So bringing in Adam Saad, Devin Smith, Jake Stringer and a 2018 second rounder and sending out picks 11, 30 and 2018 second and third round picks. And they'll go to the draft starting pretty late with 48, 67, 85 and 103.
0: Yeah, it was one of those scenarios where Dodoro got it done. I mean, everyone makes fun of Dodoro a bit for being pretty hard to deal with and hard to trade with, but he was able to bring in three really quality players um, and not really spend too much to do it.
1: Yeah, I think he cleaned up. I think uh, Devin Smiths, particularly a bargain, got him for about pick 40. Um, he's 24 years old, played 109 games and kicked about a goal a game.
0: Yeah, those, those players are hard to find, like young players with some X-factor who can both accumulate the ball and um, kick a goal, I think he can develop into a really, really quality player and pick 40 is an absolute bargain for him, you're right.
1: Adam Saad as well also seems to be a bargain, gave up a future second rounder, um, he'll slot right into the half-back line and free up McGrath I think to go to the midfield.
0: The way Saad attacks um, the play and sort of moves the ball really quickly out of defence, that'll fit in really well with sort of Essendon's um, run and gun style of gameplay. Um, oh, so there's word that McGrath will move out into the midfield after playing um, in the back line for his first year. Is that um, what you've heard?
1: Yeah, that seems to be the case. Um, and yeah, it be an interesting move for McGrath.
0: He had an unbelievable first year. Obviously, the rising star winner um, across that back line, Um, he both looked composed with the ball but was also able to have a few roles, I remember he played a defensive lockdown on Eddie Betts one game and kept him pretty quiet so he seems very coachable and can play a few different positions.
1: Yeah, very promising player, Um, another promising player for them, Jake Stringer, Um, obviously had a bit of a a tarnished brand recently, Um, talk of him cheating with a few young girls, gambling issues. And obviously the uh, the breakup with his girlfriend.
0: Yeah, all that stuff came out at a very interesting time, didn't it? Because there was talk of what's Stringer worth is he worth pick 11 straight? And all this stuff came out and it sort of lingered on and picks 25 and 30 ended up getting the deal done for Essendon.
1: So an uh, interesting point of discussion for Essendon is the fact they've been able to bring in these three players um, under what you would imagine is a tight-ish salary cap.
0: So the word is that everyone's wondering what exactly the um, drug scandal payouts are and who's getting how much money because, you know, if you've got a Dyson Heppel getting a million dollars from the drug scandal, he might not be asking for a $1 million AFL contract. He might be happy taking that $500,000 contract and that'll allow them to fit all these other players into their salary cap.
1: Pretty interesting scenario there. Um... Perhaps the AFL turning a blind eye?
0: Maybe. um, You know, it's one of those things where probably, on the smaller scales, it's a bit harder to police, where the players aren't really pushing as hard for their little bumps in their contract. But, um, yeah, I'm sure that'll be looked at. Yeah, their salary cap would be tight. Um, It was one of those things where this year they sort of got the label of the baby bombers, despite the fact that I think they had the one of the second or third oldest lists and most experienced game playlists in the league. So, yeah, I'm not too sure how that all played out.
1: So a few retirements there probably dropped the age.
0: Yeah, obviously Watson going out and Stanton going out. But, um yeah, with these three quality ins, um that they are able to bring to the team, um I reckon they'll be stronger for it next year.
1: Yeah, they seem pretty well placed. Probably the only negative is they're starting the draft at pick 48. Um, never ideal, but price you pay for bringing in three quality players.
0: Yeah, yeah. when you bring in three best 22 players, you might not be as worried for next year, but um, you'd hope they make an impact because the cupboard's pretty dry looking at their draft picks going forward. All
1: right, we'll move on to Fremantle, uh, who also did pretty well, bringing in Brandon Matera, Nathan Wilson. Pick two, which is a big one, and a few later picks starting at 66. And they lost Harley Balik, Hayden Crozier, Lucky Weller, pick 57, and 2018 second, third, and fourth round picks. They'll enter the draft with a pretty strong hand, picks 2, 5, 42, 60, 66, and a few picks onwards from 70.
0: Yeah, for me, Wilson was the um, was sort of the player that was drafted this trade period that didn't really get the fanfare of some of the other players, but... I think he's an amazing uh, acquisition, is one that I think will definitely hurt GWS Is a loss more than people think with his running carry out of defense and um, something that Freeman um, will be very happy to have after sort of being a bit dry in that area themselves over the last couple of years.
1: Absolutely. Um. How do you see uh, Lockie Weller as a loss? I know that he's got the sort of Saints connection with Maverick.
0: Yeah, I, I was always one of those ones that hoped that one day that he'd come over and play with his brother and the Saints could nab him. But if I knew pick two was what go, uh, Fremantle were after for him, I don't think I would have been as keen. It's it's a huge price to pay. But I guess he's a young player. He's played every game for them over the last two years and was a previous pick 13. So there's no reason why he hasn't gone up in value from the place he was taken in the draft. Um well, we'll have to wait and see what sort of player he becomes and who goes at pick number two but Fremantle's sort of coming into this draft with a very strong hand
1: Yeah, two picks in the top five is always a uh, a great position to be in They've also brought in Brandon Matura Do you think he can play a role?
0: He he definitely can I mean, everyone forgets the um, sort of uh, bump they got when Yaron was playing good footy for them obviously not in the team anymore and um, Valentine's getting a bit older, and Matera is a player who sort of was in and out of the goal coast side, but he's racked up 100 games. I think it's gone a bit unnoticed, so he's a player that can come in and play that small forward role for them.
1: They've also uh, delisted Zach Clark, who's a, a ruckman with 100 games behind him. Are you expecting him to find another home?
0: Yeah, it depends. I mean, for clubs that are looking for a backup ruckman, I think... I think he's a really good option. He sort of was a bit um, pushed aside by the Sandalands um, Soul Ruck sort of um, connection that was going on in in Fremantle. So a team like uh, GWS who are running with a just Lob as the only ruckman or someone like that might find him, but. He was a really good basketballer growing up I think So maybe you'll go and uh, Did you hear Jesse White His training with one of the NBL teams The uh, former Collingwood player No I didn't No so maybe Zach Clark and him can go former Australian basketball duo
1: Dynamic duo (laughs) I'll move on to Geelong Um,
0: Yeah so Geelong Finally brought back uh, Back home Gary Ablett which was their big move Of the trade period they also Um, got in pick 24 and sent um, Darcy Lang and Stephen Motlop out the door. So they'll go into the draft with picks 22, 24, 35, and 58. Um, But Gary Ablett's got to be the big talking point for them.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm potentially the greatest player that I've seen play, at least.
0: Yeah, definitely for me. uh, Greatest player. When you're looking at all those comparisons of um, him and Judd and everyone and all of the awards and statistics, he's just... He's got to go down as arguably the greatest of all time.
1: And came pretty cheaply.
0: Yeah. It was one of those interesting talking points with the Geelong getting a band two pick sent their way for Motlop, which was um, pick 19. And everyone thought, well, the AFL decided to give them pick 19, knowing that Geelong is going to trade pick 19 to Gold Coast. So they pretty much gifted Gold Coast a early pick when Motlop might not have deserved that compensation.
1: was definitely a bit surprising. I think most people were expecting a mid-30s pick.
0: Yeah, but um, the fact that Ablett could go home, everyone's heard of the tragedy with his sister and um, everything that's going on at the moment. He obviously just wanted to be back in Geelong, so um, it'll be interesting to watch him play back down there.
1: Slots into a pretty handy uh, midfield there with Dangerfield, Selwood, Ablett, of course, and Mitch Duncan.
0: Yeah, everyone's asking whether it's the uh, greatest trio of all time in the midfield. What do you think about
1: that? I've probably got uh, my mighty lines with Voss, Black, Akamanis, and then also Lapin and Power. I think maybe just shades it, but...
0: Yeah, and there's the Eagles with uh, Judd and Cousins and Kerr and those types running around. That was, um gone down as one of the best midfields as well.
1: Absolutely. Um, also, Daniel Menzel, looking for a two-year deal, didn't find it
0: yeah it was one of those funny ones is a 40 goal a year forward when he's fit so you know those are sort of hard to come by i was a little surprised that when he went around asking for two years that no one was willing to give it to him so he just had to sort of um turn around and take the one year deal back at geelong i will right, we'll move on to gold coast now and they were obviously the ones that sent out gary ablett um also lost brandon materia and um sad as well and sent pick two out the door as well as um, a bunch of other picks um, and the players they brought in were Lockie Weller, Aaron Young from Port Adelaide um, Wig from Adelaide and uh, 2018 first pick from the Eagles how did you see Gold Coast trade period?
1: Uh, so really I think depends on how big a loss you see Gary Ablett has. Um obviously also losing pick two, not ideal but getting in Lockie Weller is a great acquisition um, strengthened their 2018 draft hand by quite a lot, bringing in West Coast first rounder and two second rounders. Um, still going to the draft with a relatively good hand, starting at pick 19 and then 41 and 50. I think uh, Aaron Young could also be pretty good value there.
0: Yeah, Aaron Young is a, he's a decent player, can run through the middle or up forwards, probably where he plays most of his footy. Um, I think... All of this trade period will come down to what sort of player Lockie Weller turns out to be. If he can turn out to be the poster boy, I mean, he's a good-looking good-looking man, Lockie Weller. If he can sort of take over that um, sort of media presence that Gary Ablett was, will be good for their team in general. And if he can impact on the on the ground, we probably won't be saying pick two is um, too high of a price. It'll
1: be very interesting to see how um, all these players go under the new coach too, Stewie Jew.
0: Yeah, yeah. So he'll be taking over a club that's sort of, you know, down the bottom of the ladder. It's had its key player walk out the door. They're not allowed to play at their stadium for the first six rounds or whatever because it's, something's happening there. So he's walked into a bit of a tumultuous situation. Um, do you know anything about this wig character that they've brought in from Adelaide?
1: Not a lot. Um, 21 years old, obviously no AFL experience. I've heard that he's quite a good kick.
0: Yeah, so one of those players that they've obviously seen something that they like in him and they've brought him over. So another one to watch to see if he has an impact next year.
1: Yeah, it would be very interesting to watch him play.
0: We'll move on to GWS maybe, who, um, who had a lot of players moving out in their trade period. They lost um, Kennedy, Smith and Wilson. Um, they brought in that pick 11 from... Uh, from Essendon, and also a 2018 third rounder and a bunch of pick swaps in there. So they'll enter the draft with picks 11, 27, 28, and 57, um, but a continued loss of death, depth, I guess, for GWS.
1: Yeah, I think that's the real story. Um, obviously, continuing to lose some depth there. They obviously had a, a large depth of talent and starting to see that, that thin out a bit. Um back into the first round though after the Whitfield scandal obviously lost their first round pick so it's it's good to have beaten the the dogs to pick 11
0: Yeah so the story there was what um he skipped the club told him to skip out on a on a drug uh, scheduled drop drug, drug test or something
1: Something along those lines I think he uh he went and stayed at the house of Craig Lambert who was the player welfare advocate at the time and uh yeah dodged out on a test seemingly they got fined as a result.
0: I mean, it's a good good outcome for the GWS that he signed on for an extension because there was a bit of rumour that he was unhappy with the club for how all that played out and him missing six games from suspension. But he's signed on, and um, yeah, as you said, they've gotten back into the first round, so um, they didn't lose too much there. It was it was one of those interesting things with the Don's trying to acquire all of these different players that one club was going to end up with the. First round pick, pick eleven from them, um, and it was a matter of who it was. And GWS sort of was happy taking a sort of uh, bit of a hit in terms of the overall uh, points of picks that went out the door for their um, player, but they brought in um, that pick eleven to get them back into the first round.
1: Yeah, I definitely think that would have been a focus for them. Um, you know, obviously they're sort of going for quality over quantity at this stage.
0: Yeah, they seem to have um, lots of picks every year, so it's more of a matter of what are the highest couple for them rather than what all their picks are,
1: I think. It'll be interesting to watch their salary cap in the years to come. So obviously you've got quite a few top-line players on, you'd imagine, relatively large deals.
0: Kelly, Ward, Davis, Jeremy Cameron, Jonathan Patton, Toby Green, Caniglio, Sheel, Scully. Like, that's a lot of players to have at that top end of contract that the squeeze has to come on a few players.
1: Just, I guess depending on how much these players are, are taking unders to uh, aim for a flag in the next couple of years. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see.
0: Um, we'll move on to Hawthorne now, um, who brought in uh, Jarman Impey, as well as a few different picks, 43, 68 and 75. And out the door went champion Luke Hodge, As well as picks 34, 44, 62 and a fourth round pick next year So they'll enter the draft with uh, picks 43, 68, 75 So coming in pretty late as a hangover from that um, uh, O'Meara deal Um, How did you see their trade period?
1: Relatively inactive obviously Um, Brought in a bit of speed there with Jarman Impey But then went ahead and delisted Billy Hartung So slightly confusing there I think
0: Yeah, Hartung one was uh, very interesting. It seemed like Clarkson didn't like that he apparently wouldn't tackle or run defensively. So even though he was sort of a young, dashing sort of wingman player who his stats went up every year, um, the coach really didn't think that he could make the changes required to make him a quality player.
1: Yeah, another interesting one with uh, Clarkson is the, I think now confirmed rumours that he offered Hodge another year. Oh, did he? Yeah, so uh, apparently, uh, yeah, called up Hodgie, spoke to him in person either or, and uh, yeah, offered him another year if he wanted to stay on at the Hawks, but I think at that point the wheels were sort of in motion and he was already uh, moving up to Queensland, but that's uh, that's pretty interesting.
0: Yeah, it is, especially after the whole situation last year where apparently Clarkson sort of went to Mitchell and Lewis and apparently told them that he considered moving one or both of them, and um Mitchell turned around and already had a coaching offer from West Coast and took it and then the rumour was that he went back, Clarko went back to Lewis and said we want you to stay now and Lewis said get stuffed, you already wanted to kick me out so I'm leaving too.
1: Yeah, so also um, one article on the AFL website stated that uh, Clarko actually messaged Hodgie with about 15 minutes to go in the trade period saying that he didn't think it was going to get done. Mm. Um, Hodgie ignored the message and, and obviously it went through so Perhaps Clarko uh, having a bit of regret?
0: Yeah, a bit of mind games there or something. But yeah, um, he was sort of always linked to retirement Hodge, so that loss has sort of um, sort of lessened a bit. And I mean, Impey, he's a good player. He's still very young, 22 years old, and um, played 77 games already. So those sort of players um, don't come around too often. Um, and I think he could be a good, good acquisition for them.
1: Yeah, flown under the radar a bit there. Impy wouldn't have guessed the uh, 77 games myself.
0: No, no, me either. But um, yeah, but to uh, pick 33 and a fourth round, are heading over to Port Adelaide, who who really needed players to go out anyway to fit everyone that they were getting into their team this year. So maybe a bit of a win-win for both teams there. So. Absolutely.
1: Uh, next up, we got Melbourne. So in's uh, Harley Bailick, Jake Lever, obviously the big one, Picks 31, 36, and a 2018 third rounder. And out former number one pick, Jack Watts. Picks 10, 66, and their 2018 first and fourth rounders. They'll go to the draft with 28, 31, 36, 47, and a few later picks. How'd you see them?
0: Yeah, well, it all depends on how Jake Lever uh, fits in and how good he turns out to be. They've dropped their... um, First round picks In both this year And next year's draft So they've invested A lot into him um, They've invested A lot of money Into his contract as well And there are rumours That are uns- unsubstantiated But apparently Hogan is not very happy That that contract Maybe pushed Jack Watts out You've got Pachaka And Oliver Who are sort of asking Why their contracts Are a lot lower than Levers So we'll wait and see What sort of impact He can have for their team
1: Definitely a large price to pay obviously are both in, in the money but also the picks, two first round picks um, for a third tall is, is quite a lot.
0: Yeah, I mean it would be interesting to see um, when Lever has to play sort of um, more of a prominent defensive role. Um, when he was with Adelaide obviously he was sort of third tall floating around and whether he can sort of have that role in Melbourne is yet to be seen and whether he could be as effective when he has to play more one-on-one football is also um, one that we'll have to wait and uh, see how he handles.
1: Jack Watts out after about, I think it's nine seasons at the Demons, Um, obviously well-publicized former number one pick, and out the door now for pick 31, I think it was.
0: Losing a number one pick for pick 31 isn't ideal, and personally I think that he is currently worth a higher pick than 31, I think he plays really good football in that front half. Um, sets up a lot of play for Melbourne and I think he'll be damaging over at Port Adelaide.
1: Yeah, I think that could be a bigger loss than uh, perhaps first thought.
0: Um, Harley Ballack is the other one they brought in. Um, What do you know about him? Uh,
1: One of the main things that that sticks in my mind is uh, the rumours of of when he was drafted that there was a few issues there and that he may not do too well going into state. Um, So not, not too surprised to see him coming home.
0: I definitely remember in that draft year he was touted pretty highly, maybe even going around the first round somewhere, and then he fell all the way into the 40s um, for his draft pick, Um, and obviously any concerns teams had sort of did follow him, him, and um, we'll have to wait and see about whether he can get on the park and play good footy.
1: It'll be interesting to see whether he's in the best 22 to start round one.
0: Yeah, Definitely. We'll move on to North Melbourne now, who was another one that sort of wasn't very active during the trade period. They um, sent out um, Gibson and uh, Mullet and a range of players, as well as pick 46 in a 2018 third round pick, and brought in picks 91 and uh, two picks next year, the St Kilda third round pick and the West Coast third round pick. Um, so they'll enter the draft with picks 4, 23, 64 and 78. Um, not a lot of action there for North.
1: No, pretty inactive, especially after the obviously well-publicized large offers to Dusty Martin and and Kelly.
0: They sort of had their eyes set on really high targets who they decided not to leave. So I don't think there's too much that can be read into missing those sort of players. It's not like they went to other clubs. Um, But for a team that's sort of heading into a rebuild to not really go in with too strong of a draft hand this year or... um, anything like that it's not like their hand is overly high they're just gonna have to back their um back their recruiting to pick the right players
1: and some interesting uh, delistings delistings of uh, gibson and i know that you like aaron mullet
0: yeah i mean mullet was one that sort of surprised me because he's a 25 year old he had a career best year um He is a rebound 50 player He had more rebound 50s last year Than Rory Laird or Heath Shaw Or Zach Tui Or all of these great defenders Um, Career best year for touches And uh, they delisted him as um, Their 6th or 7th Player movement for the year So they sort of decided that it was better For them to draft a player with pick 100 Than to keep a 25 year old um, Career best year player on their list Which really did confuse me
1: and uh, I think word is that he'll end up at the Blues
0: Yeah, delisted free agent It seems like the Blues might pounce on pounce on him And what did you make of uh, Gibson? His might have had the weirdest career of um, anyone that we've seen so far
1: Yeah, so debuted um, Played 130 games consecutively And then found himself delisted um, hmm. On the wrong side of 30, I guess At a developing club yeah, um, obviously he's he's found his way to Adelaide now, so could end up playing in a premiership.
0: Yeah, could very well. It's one of those weird ones where um, probably fans would have liked Gibson a lot. He played, you know, one hundred and thirty straight games, was a consistent performer for them. You can sort of see with his age profile why North Melbourne's moving him along. But um, yeah, all the best to him over in Adelaide. Maybe he'll get to play um, a couple more years there still.
1: Speaking of Adelaide, we'll move right along to Port, another big mover and shaker in the trade period, um, bringing in Stephen Motlop, Tom Rockliffe, Jack Watts, and a bevy of picks, and moving out quite a few players, Brendan Archie, Logan Austin, Jarman Impey, Matthew Lobb, Jackson Trengrove, and Aaron Young, um, entering the draft at 46, which is not ideal, and then having 49, 59, 62, and a few later picks, um, but they've obviously done quite well. How do you see them?
0: Yeah, definitely. They're bringing in three quality Best 22 players in Motlip, Motlop, Rockcliffe, and Watts. They're sending out a couple of players like MP and Trengove and Young out of their teams, but I think their Best 22 is so much stronger looking at their lineup with these three players in it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, obviously not giving up anything trade-wise for Rockcliffe or Motlop is, is quite ideal for them.
0: Yeah, definitely. When you're not sending out draft picks for these players, um, you're getting them for cheaper in my opinion so all you're paying them is the contract money um, well they didn't get any uh, free agency compensation for Trengo because they were already getting free agency in so that's sort of one price that they paid but to get players like Motlop and Rockcliffe in without sending draft picks away I think that's a really big win for them
1: yeah and definitely loading up for a, a real crack at the flag next year
0: yeah, definitely. I mean, one of the knocks on Port Adelaide in the past was that their their forward line sort of didn't have a lot of tricks to it. So you saw Charlie Dixon sort of get up and about this year and uh, Robbie Gray play almost permanently in the forward line. He was, he was amazing down there. And now you're going to add players like um, uh, Motlop in there and Jack Watts who can play alongside um, Dixon, Gray, Westhoff, Wingard. I mean, that's a pretty potent forward line now.
1: Yeah, even uh, Tom Rockliffe plays pretty well up the forward when he's put there, so you might see him rotating through with Ruppy Gray, perhaps.
0: Yeah, definitely. They're obviously seeing this year as a a shot where they can push up towards um, the premiership. They've got that bottom six, uh, sorry, the middle six draw coming their way, where theoretically they should get an easier draw than um, the top six uh, finalists did. So we'll wait and see how all that plays out.
1: Yeah, so one of the teams obviously they'll be challenging for that flag is the reigning Premier's Richmond, um, who had a relatively quiet trade period, bringing in picks 20, 25 and 53, and sending out picks 15, 52, and a 2018 third rounder. And they actually have quite a strong draft hand for a Premiership team, um, starting at 17, having 20, 25, and then a few picks from 50 onwards.
0: If it's not broke, don't fix it. They had no real need to go out and source any more players because uh, they are the reigning premiers and you're right they do go in with this strong draft hand is that left over from the Delidio movement or
1: yeah so three picks inside 25 one of them obviously from their finishing position one from the Delidio trade last year and then one from trading uh, pick 15 to Brisbane to get in those two picks so yeah for a premiership team to be going in with three picks under 25 is, is quite handy indeed
0: Yeah, and also they were able to sort of maintain some of their uh, depth players like Anthony Miles, which was one that didn't crack into their senior team but was playing great VFL footy. Um, They were able to keep him on the list, which I'm sure they were quite happy about.
1: Absolutely. I think, uh, for for me, the the biggest talk about Richmond is not how they've done in the trade period, it's how many members they're going to have in 2018.
0: Everyone sort of forgets what a juggernaut they are. Everyone talks about Carlton and Collingwood that... Tigers probably would dwarf them in
1: supporters if you count everyone. Uh, I'm thinking 80,000, absolutely. and 80,000? Uh, uh, I'm thinking 90,000 is, is potentially on the cards.
0: I actually did see um, Peggy O'Neill come out and say that the other day, that they're aiming for numbers like that. Um, I think coming off a premiership, you always see a huge spike in numbers. I reckon dolph got about, I think it was 8,000 more members this year than they had... Um, in years before their premiership, so um yeah, we'll wait and see. It's it's amazing the supporters that come out of the woodwork when um you've had a bit of success.
1: Absolutely. I uh, Richmond fans in particular uh, I would imagine uh I've met a few over the past couple of months that I had no idea were were Richmond fans.
0: <laughs> yeah, just pop up to rub it in and you're like, I'm not so sure you even watched the Grand Fun. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll move on to, uh, to my boys St Kilda in this one. Um, also didn't have a lot of movement this train period. We brought in Logan Austin from Port Adelaide and um, a fourth rounder and, uh, from Port Adelaide and Adelaide next year. And we sent out picks 59-63, a second round pick next year and a third round pick. Uh, so we'll be entering the draft with a strong hand that's left over from our trade with Hawthorne last year. So we'll have picks 7 and 8 as well as picks 34 and 45.
1: Yeah, I think uh, for me, the biggest story about St. Kilda is what they didn't do. So um, obviously they've made a bit of noise over the past few years about trying to bring in you know, sort of your Fife, Smarten, Kelly. And then even around the trade period, there was talk of Andrew Graff and Rory Sloan. So haven't landed one of those big-name mids that they were looking for, but as you said, do have a pretty strong draft hand with picks 7 and 8.
0: I, I hear a lot of supporters really complaining about us not bringing in those players but at the end of the day they weren't moving anywhere it's not like five for martin or kelly were moving off to clubs and didn't choose st kilda choose someone else they don't want to move and the clubs don't want to move them so if the players aren't there to get then you can't get them essentially um but it'll be interesting come next year when your gaps and Sloans do come up on the free agency table if they're looking to move um i think the saints will be hoping that um they can put a hand up with apparently a bit of a gap in our salary cap to burn.
1: Absolutely. And What do you think of the uh, acquisition of Logan Austin?
0: It's one of those things where um, St Kilda's uh, key position defender depth is very low. So we've got Nathan Brown and Carlisle, but when you go into the VFL level, there's no one there to replace them if they got injured. So we definitely had to bring in some support. We've got Hugh Goddard, who's a, who's a promising recruit, but he... He has had a lot of injuries over his first few years. So to bring in Logan Austin, um, he'll add to that depth. He's a 22-year-old who sort of uh, was drafted and didn't play in his first year and then in 2016 played 11 straight games uh, as a key defender for Port Adelaide. But then he broke his ankle and didn't really get into the uh, team this year. So we'll be interested to see if um, he can sort of break... Uh, into the senior team, maybe push Nathan Brown for that position um, over the next year or two Yeah,
1: it'll be interesting to see how he goes Um, Another team that was even more inactive than than you guys was Sydney Um, sending out uh, Sam Murray and a few later picks, 2018 third round pick and pick 70 and bringing in Collingwood's 2018 second round pick and, and that's all they did
0: yeah, they sort of just um, sat back and let the trade period roll by, except for Woods, um poaching at Sam Murray. Um, there was always talk about whether Kurt Tippett would be on the move. He's obviously on a very big contract, but um, he broke his ankle, I think, later in the year and will be on ice for a while, which sort of poured any water on that.
1: I mean, personally, I just wouldn't bring in anyone to my club named Kurt.
0: It's oh, a terrible name, isn't it? <laughs>
1: But uh, yeah, it'd be interesting to see if he can Obviously get back on the park and and play some good footy
0: Sydney's just a question mark I don't know I I think they'll be very good next year From their form in the second half of the year But what happened at the start of the year And they ran out of gas at the end And I really don't know what to make Of where they should finish next year
1: Same could be said of uh, West Coast Who are probably next up on the list Um, Bringing in Brendan Archie Picks 21, 26, 37, and 2018 second and fourth rounders. And sending out their 2018 first rounder, 2018 third rounder, and pick 50. Uh, Taking a strong hand to the draft in terms of depth, they have 13, 21, 26, 32, and 37, as well as a few later picks. Um, How'd you see them?
0: Rebuild. That's the only question, um, only statement to make for them, I think. You're losing Pritis... out of that midfield as well as Mitchell and um, you're losing Petrie and Giles and they cut every older player out of their list, Wellingham and Brad Hill. Um, so I expect them to be the club that drops um, severely down the ladder sort of like North Melbourne did um, this year. Um, they get Nick Nat coming back into this team, but with sort of that depth that's gone out of the middle, um, I'm sure they'll be targeting midfielders with their early draft picks and um, be trying to blood some games into them.
1: Yeah, five picks inside 40 is a pretty good hand to go to the draft with if you're looking to get some some young talent in. And obviously Brendan Archie could play a role.
0: Yeah, Brendan Archie's sort of not really had a really clean run at it. Um, So he'll come over and um, probably get some more opportunities in this West Coast side. And um, yeah, we'll see what players they bring in and sort of what role they can play next year. But um, I see them heading down the ladder, I reckon, in uh, 2018 interesting prediction um we'll move on to the uh doggies now who brought in uh Hay- hayden crozier from frio as well as uh josh shackey from brisbane trengo from port adelaide um as well as pick 16 and a fourth rounder next year they lost uh, jake stringer and um picks 28 41 83 and the second round pick next year so they'll enter the draft with um two first-round picks, 9 and 16, as well as uh, later picks, 82 and uh,
1: 101. Yeah, so Josh Shackey, the big in there for me, Um, obviously with a few well-documented issues, but he is a former pick too, um, slotting into the lineup there alongside Tom Boyd, so a very talented uh, forward line there now with, with Boyd and Shackey, and if he can get his head right and, and play some good footy now that he's back down in Victoria, it'd um, be a huge get, I think.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, Do you see Boyd as playing that permanent one-two punch with Shaki in the forward line now, or do you think he'll continue to sort of
1: move around the ground? It's tough to say. I'm surprised, I was initially surprised at least, that he was moved into the Ruck um, in the first place. So I wouldn't have predicted that uh, way back. He was very highly rated as a, a key forward coming out of the junior ranks. So it was definitely interesting to see, but I will say that if him and Shaki can get fit and firing, they will have one of the best forward lines in the league, no no questions about it.
0: Yeah, definitely and one that will go forward many years into the future if they can both um, stick together down in the forward line. For me, it's Jackson Trengov coming into this back line. They were absolutely decimated with um with their key position stocks down there with um Adams got injured, um and then they're left with um sort of smaller types like Eastern Wood trying to play up um, on bigger numbers so to get Adams back from injury and then Trengove also um, as a big uh, sort of key position brute to hold down some key forwards. I think that'll help them a lot.
1: And also Hayden Crozier coming in, um, potentially slotting into the best 22 to replace uh, the holes left by Boyd or Murphy.
0: Yeah, um, Crozier was sort of a... A bit of a tease when he was at Freo, everyone sort of said, oh, Crozier could break out this year, it could be his year to step up and uh, he sort of just hovered around a sort of C-grade player over there. But um, Dogs have had success in the past bringing in players like Biggs slotted into that back line and played some really good footy. So there are places open for Crozier to, <clears throat> to step up. Um, so we'll see what he does.
1: And Probably the other story coming out of the Dogs is the no contract offered to Stuart Cramery.
0: Yeah, an interesting one there as well. Um, I don't think he ever truly came back from that year out um, after the supplement scandal. Um, Apparently he um, just went and uh, sort of let himself go a bit and um, enjoyed himself at the the pub and the TAB, I hear. But um, yeah, there there was interesting talk about him saying that if the Bombers wanted to take him back, he'd be happy to go back to Essendon. Um, But there's no word on anyone picking him up so far.
1: We'll move along to uh, winners and losers. So who did you have as winners and losers of the trade period?
0: Um, I think the big winners would have to be Port Adelaide. Um, They brought in uh, one of the premier midfielders in the comp in in Rockcliffe to add to a really deep um, bash-crash midfield there. They've got Motlop and Watts who um, can play in that forward line and... um, Best of all, that they didn't have to sell away all their draft picks to get those players. So for me, they were definitely the big winners. Um, for losers, I think North Melbourne, who's going through a, um, a rebuild for them to sort of sit back and not not have any movement and even shift some of their picks this year to next year in just pick swaps, um, they need... Uh, talent in and talent in now. So for them to be sitting back and even pushing their picks later, uh, they're a bit of the uh, losers for me. What about you?
1: Winners, uh, obviously, I've got Port and I also had the Dons. Um, obviously, bringing in the three S's with Smith, Sard, and Stringer. <laughs> three t- three best 22 players, all in the right age group for them going forward. Um, that's huge. Uh, one out of left field, I also really like the, the position that Richmond have found themselves in. Obviously, winning the flag um, is ideal. And then Having three picks in the top twenty-five uh, is is very impressive for a, a premiership team, and also interesting to note that they they essentially won the flag with one less player on the list uh, due to the loss of of Yaron. So I think they've found yeah, themselves yeah. In, in in quite a positive position draft-wise at least for a for a premiership outfit. And then losers, um, like you said, North were quite inactive, and then I, I would also say that uh, the pies were similarly inactive and seemingly overpaid in the only trade that they did. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I'd probably have to add the pies to that list. Yeah, yeah,
0: I I would have to agree with those two. Um, The big talking point of the week, if um, a big talking point did come out, was that um, uh, Brett Anderson on SEN said that as early as next year, the AFL could bring in um, live player and pick swaps on draft night. So, like they do in the American sports when it's draft night, when it's your pick, you can swap your pick for somebody else's or trade it for a player um, as the clock's running on your pick It'd
1: be very interesting I think if they brought that in it um, be interesting to see how clubs use that uh, Obviously if, if someone you know who you're hoping to slip to your pick gets drafted, perhaps you trade away the pick
0: Yeah, there's a lot of different things that can happen. I don't know if anyone's seen the movie Draft Day, but go watch it. Maybe you can pull some shifties and trade away your picks and end up getting um, uh, players that you wanted later down the draft anyway. Um, But it'll be interesting to see if they bring something like that in. What happens to trade week? Is it all just pushed onto draft night? Or do you have trade week and then additional on draft night? Or just a whole wave of ops even where you can move players at any time?
1: Yeah, I think the the last option there is what they may end up going for but it would be interesting to see um, what sort of model they move with and, and whether that's a success
0: And do you see any movement on there's the big like uh, Damien Barrett tirade on that we should scrap compensation for free agency whereas if a player wants to leave for free agency the club shouldn't receive um, any draft picks in return What do you think
1: about that? I think it's a one more example as to why no one should listen to Damien Barrett. Um, I, 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 terrible idea, as far as I'm concerned. Um, obviously, you're freeing up the salary cap, but I think that there needs to be some sort of compensation, even if it's not a complete effective compensation for the quality of the player to, to have players leaving for nothing. Um, I, I don't think it would work out too well. You'd see too much movement from lower clubs to top clubs
0: yeah i mean i follow a lot of the american sport where it happens and not only do you have these players moving around all the time which means that supporters stop following clubs and stop buying club memberships because you end up supporting players who are always jumping around but additional to the free agency movement it makes clubs want to trade players out the door when they're coming towards free agency so that they get a little compensation for them anyway so If you want to see players moving around the league and sort of people losing their loyalty to clubs, I think that's what will happen if you sort of move down that line.
1: Yeah, so it may make trade period a bit more active and a bit more interesting, but I think overall that would be a detrimental effect to the league. All right, guys, that's it for today in our first uh, Science of Footy podcast. Um, We'll hopefully be back in a few weeks to give you a pre-draft show and run through a few of the players and potentially who could be going at your club's picks.